the Winnipeg Jets, and the Buffalo Sabres. Two teams that you might not really be pegging as playoff favorites. Let's be honest, both squads have been, well, down in the dumps recently. It's not really been a great season for either squad, but guess what? They actually played on Wednesday evening, and yeah, I have some thoughts about the game, about Winnipeg's process, uh, you know, the ultimate outcome, whether I was impressed or not, and ultimately, you know, what what is the future for this Jets team as they continue to hunt down a playoff spot? All of this coming right up on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, talking about the Jets and the Sabres is a little bit arduous, to be honest. This game kind of sucked. Uh, I'm not really going to sugarcoat it. The Jets did actually win. I'm going to spoil that part. But, uh, you know, the way that they got there, I think, is illustrative of why I really don't understand Winnipeg's thought process this year, um, what exactly their objectives are. You know, this team's statements in public record and their actual actions on the ice, none of it just really seems to make any sense. And we'll start off with like the first period or so. The Jets came into this game looking really slow. Uh, Winnipeg was second to every puck. Um, They were making really dumb turnovers. There were silly passes. Guys were getting stripped. Even Dylan DeMello, who's usually very stable and reliable, was making some really awful turnovers right in front of Hellebuck. Um, the only reason that the Jets were actually not down like 4 nothing by the end of the first period was because Hellebuck was really dialed in. In fact, he looked more and more like his Vezina self, which past few weeks he started to round back into that form. Uh, you know, his numbers might not always reflect it, but those of us who have watched him and are, are kind of monitoring his puck tracking, his lateral movement, all of that fun stuff, he looks a lot sharper than he used to earlier this year. He was probably one of the only guys that really looked sharp, though. I think just about everyone was really struggling. Um, You know, Ehlers, Heinola, Wheeler, Shifley, the whole lot of them. They didn't really look up to much. I I wasn't really thrilled with anything. I I will say that, like, Mason Appleton, I thought, had a couple of really strong shifts. Uh, He was definitely attacking the net and looking pretty dangerous. But the rest of the team, just not a lot going on. And so, you know, Winnipeg, towards the end of the first period or so, was getting badly outshot. I think there was something like 13 uh, to 5 in favor of the Buffalo Sabres, which if you're a team like the Jets and you are chasing a postseason spot, you cannot afford to look listless against a team like the Sabres. Buffalo, you know, they might be better than they were in previous seasons, but to see them struggle, uh, you know, with this Sabres team and not really produce much, it's not a great sign. I think Winnipeg, again, has a lot of issues 
But one of the biggest problems that I've I've struggled to deal with this year is understanding why Winnipeg is so passive at times. Uh, it's been an issue in previous years, but I feel like, you know, the Jets talk about urgency and the hunt for a playoff spot. And yet, when you watch them on the ice, you see what they're doing. You kind of get the sense of uh, their level of commitment and effort. It never really feels like it aligns to what they're saying. You know, it, it feels like the Jets are a step behind everything. And it's not just that the team itself is slow, which, you know, the roster does have some serious uh, deficiencies in speed and stuff. But even with just some basic plays that we see this team make all the time and, you know, some of the back checking, some of the casual passing, sometimes the, the lack of reaction or, or even uh, projection for some of these guys, either they're not getting ahead of the play or they're super slow to react to anything it just seems odd. I don't get it. And I don't know if it's because the team itself is dealing with like a morale issue. I, I really wouldn't be shocked. I think, by and large, I think a lot of the guys are probably conscious of the fact that the season's kind of lost. I, I think, you know, they'll say they're hunting for a playoff spot. They're going to fight, at, you know, for every shift. But when they go out there on the ice, I'm not really sure if that's true. It feels like at times they just haven't pushed as aggressively as you would expect for a team that is basically dying for a playoff run. So, yeah, I think the Jets really need some kind of motivation. I don't know what it's going to take because, uh, obviously, the standings are going to be depressing. Dallas is continuing to add up um, playoff points, which, for the Jets, they really can't, uh, really can't surpass. I mean, if Dallas basically wins out on the games in hand that they have, the Jets really have no way of getting in unless they somehow have a massive, massive turnaround in form. And it just doesn't seem all that likely. I think Winnipeg, it's got a decent team, and there are some parts that do work. But compared to a squad like Dallas, which seemingly has figured out a way to balance all of the different uh, strengths and weaknesses together into a team that's actually been winning quite a few games recently, it's, you know, it's a bit of a, uh, a sad sight for the Jets. I'm sure Winnipeg would love to have that unity, that consistency, uh, the really I guess, consistent philosophy of hockey. Instead, you know, Winnipeg looks disjointed. The Jets have struggled to string together passes. There are those lazy turnovers. And, you know, the Jets were down uh, pretty quickly into this game. To Zemgus Gergensens, of all people, I actually sometimes forget Gergensens is even still in Buffalo. I remember him signing an extension, and then I just sort of, you know, stopped following Buffalo. Um, I, I've never really tracked the team closely, but I, I know, I've known, you know, a handful of their players and been familiar some of the obvious ones, of course, like Jack Eichel. Um, but there are guys like Tyler Ennis that I think have really gone under the radar and did not get enough appreciation when they were tearing it up for Buffalo, and Buffalo was still so bad. This is, you know, Gergensen's is not really on that caliber of player. I would kind of put him in like that Pavel Zacha class of player who's uh, maybe not quite as bad as some people expect them to be, but you know, certainly not a world beater either. Probably you know a capable third or fourth liner, and that's about it. But, you know, the Jets conceding to Gergensen's is not uh, a really promising feeling. If you were hoping for the Jets to really rebound in their effort, well, the rest of the game didn't really see the massive turnaround you were hoping for. And we'll talk about what the Jets got right and what they didn't get right in just a little bit. Before then, though, I thought you should hear about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, 
player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for choosing to make Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also, be sure to check out Locked on NHL featuring our very awesome, up-to-date, and constantly evolving Locked on Now program, giving you the greatest highlights and insights into all of your favorite teams as quick and fast as you like them. Locked on NHL and Locked on Now is your number one source for all of the hottest action happening around the NHL at the latest minute. Subscribing to this podcast and hearing from all of our expert local hosts is free of charge, and always, we just love and appreciate your support. Speaking of the latest NHL action, uh, of course, the previous evening we had the Jets versus the Sabres, and uh, the game was kind of, uh, yeah, not so good. In the first period, the Jets kind of got walloped, and uh, Buffalo ended up taking the lead. In the second period, the Jets still weren't very good. They looked, you know, slow, not really up, uh, up to the task and not at the races, which against the Sabres is not a great sign. I mean, Buffalo is still a pretty bad team. I know that they may have been... A little bit better at even strength over the past couple of weeks, but this Jets team, if they're actually serious about a playoff, uh, a playoff appearance at least, they actually have to show it and really demonstrate um, at least some level of commitment or or a willingness to really match the intensity of their opponents. I thought Buffalo was more aggressive. I thought that they had a puck hunger that the Jets just didn't really exhibit, and you know it definitely showed on the ice where. Buffalo was working in the corners, fighting the Jets at every turn, and it just felt like the Sabres were the better team by a pretty decent margin. Uh, But, you know, after Wheeler tied the game, he ended up kind of poking home a Dubois shot that we all kind of thought was going in. Wheeler, people were joking that he did, in fact, steal PLD's goal. I'm sure as long as it crosses the line, they don't really care who gets it. They just kind of have to find a way to make it work. Uh, because, you know, the, the Sabres, they were pushing pretty hard, and the Jets needed some sort of fluky, you know, maybe a little bit of a lucky break here and there. Finally, they got one, but then not too long after that, of course, Zemgus Gergensen's again scores. Yeah, you know, it's just frustrating, isn't it? Gergensen's almost had a hat trick tonight, and, you know, it's it's just... <sighs> like, this Jets team, I feel, really has a lot of working components, but... Against poor teams, they've struggled. Against good teams, they've struggled. There really aren't any easy opponents for the Jets to just sort of wallop on. Arizona might be the closest they've come to um, this season consistently, and that hasn't always mattered thanks to Karel Vimelka. The Jets have also played a couple of decent teams pretty evenly or even outplayed them at times, but you know, generally speaking, the trend of this year is kind of more of what we've seen out of the Sabres game, which is just really struggling to create. Thankfully, though, you know, the Jets seemingly have a horseshoe up their butt, and towards the end of the second period, the Jets ended up tying it thanks to Mason Appleton finally potting a goal upon his return. It's his first since he's finally been back with the Jets. 
And uh, lo and behold, Vili Heinola actually had an assist on this one as part of his own breakout. Who would have thunk that, in fact, when you cleanly exit your defensive zone, you can create goal-scoring opportunities? Totally not me. Not like I've been saying this for ages. You know, not like I've been campaigning for Vili to be a part of this Jets lineup for, like, the past year or so. Not at all. I'm sure a bunch of you probably feel similarly. You know, the Jets, for whatever reason, they've just never fit Heinola into their profile of how they want to build a defense, which for me is a shame because I think the Jets should actually be looking uh, to Vili as more of the role model. You know, everyone talks about guys like Logan Stanley, Brendan Dillon, these big physical defenders. But when I see Stanley, I I see a guy who definitely works hard. He fights for the puck. But he's not really the kind of physical player and shutdown D-man that I think people expect him to be. What he is is definitely a trigger-happy, volume shooter, um, tall player, but not somebody who I would say is all that physical. Which might be weird to say, right? Because you see him throwing a lot of body checks and stuff. But, you know, part of physicality is also using your, your frame to shield the puck, to get inside positioning, to uh, mark and, and really harass opposing puck carriers to shut down shooting and passing lanes, and Stanley really struggles with a lot of that. I think his size is actually something of a nuisance to him because you have to have like really quick thinking if you're that tall. You have to be able to map out plays well in advance, and I don't think Stanley is really capable of doing that so much. He's more of a guy who kind of like reads and reacts, but he does it a step behind most of his opponents, which kind of leads to him getting exposed. And I think that that's just not really conducive to the Jets building out a really fleshed out defensive core, especially because the way that the Jets defend is already very difficult. You know, the the man-zone hybrid thing with a lot of changeovers of assignments constantly confuses Winnipeg skaters. If you ask guys like Stanley and Dylan and many of these other players who, you know, might be physical but maybe aren't so uh, defensively attuned in certain areas, I don't really think it's going to go all that well. Dylan, at least in the in the past, has been you know a more reliable defensive rock for teams. With the Jets, it's not really been the case at all. Unfortunately, Brendan is just not really a fit for what this team wants to do, and uh, you know the rest of the defense hasn't exactly uh, aligned super well with Winnipeg's current setup either. You know Nate Schmidt, he's been pretty darn rough. Uh, as much as I love Nate, he just hasn't quite been the acquisition that I was hoping for, and I'm not really sure it's necessarily his fault either. I think that there are some things in personnel choices the Jets are making that, for me, don't really fit what Schmidt is good at, and it's it's putting him in a really tough position. So, hopefully going forward, the Jets can kind of adjust. It's not going to happen this year, but I hope for, you know, next season, seeing a bigger shift overall. After all of that defensive chaos, though, with these guys really struggling to keep up and stuff, the Jets ended up not conceding any more goals, but they also failed to score anything either. Craig Anderson was pretty decent. Uh, You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois probably had one of the best chances on a breakaway. Other than that, though, not a lot happening. Until we got to overtime. And I, (laughs) yeah, overtime I have some really strange thoughts about because the Jets had what I would term as an unusual approach, and that's being pretty darn generous. Stay tuned to hear about one of Winnipeg's weirder overtime periods and how the Jets probably got very lucky to see this off with two points. Hello friends and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked On Jets. You know, Winnipeg uh, against the Buffalo Sabres 
pretty crappy game. Uh, they ended up winning in a shootout, but it was pretty fortunate because for some reason the Jets put out Sanford, Wheeler, and Dubois together as a overtime trio. I like three forwards. I don't like that combo. And then, of course, the Jets had to kill off a penalty in overtime because it's the Jets, and that's that's just what they like to do. Thankfully, you know, Connor Hellebuck is kind of amazing at times, and really it does seem like he's starting to round back into form. Past couple of games, I've thought he's looked much sharper than usual, and uh, this is more of what we expect from him. I mean, Hellebuck's season overall was a down year by his standards, but I think he's starting to rally back. He seems to be in good form. And if the Jets are actually serious about making the postseason, it all starts with Helly. I mean, this, this team is not good enough without him. I, I wish it was. I wish that average goaltending would get the Jets through because Hellebuck is definitely giving us above average performances, even if the numbers might not make it seem like he is. But, you know, the Jets, this team is just bad. I mean, that's kind of the best way to put it is it's just bad. They got outworked and outplayed by the Buffalo Sabres. They didn't really look like they had much urgency. I felt like, you know, despite two very important points being on the line, the Jets just didn't really show up, and that's that's a bit of a shame. I don't care if the Jets lose, to be honest. I'd be totally fine with that. I just want them to at least give us a full 60 minutes of effort as much as they can. You know, if they've been on a back-to-back, I'm not going to be upset about them losing and struggling to create. But if you're, you know, fresh off rest, if you've had a few days to kind of get some practices in and you're ready to get back to work, this game really can't happen. I mean, the Jets just barely scrape by. Meanwhile, the rest of their opponents are all doing pretty darn well. I think all of this just points to me wanting the offseason to come, you know, a lot sooner for the Jets than, uh, you know, the team is probably hoping. I think Winnipeg has so much to work on that there's really not a point to trying to make the postseason. I've mentioned it on previous podcasts, but it kind of does start with, you know, the leadership of the team, including the coaching staff. I think that there has to be a serious reassessment of how things work with the Jets because the current format, the current structure, none of it is really working as intended. And that's a shame. I wish it did work. I wish the Jets were a lot better. But, you know, that arrangement has clearly not yielded results in the way that the Jets would hope. And it's not like they've been coming close in these playoff series and uh, really pushing things. No, the Jets are usually getting smacked around by their opponents in the postseason. And honestly, they're even lucky to make the playoffs half the time because Hellebuck kind of goes into like a ridiculous mode of himself. So, yeah, the Jets... This season, uh, or this offseason in particular, is super critical towards whatever future the Jets want to have. I still don't really know what their long-term vision is, to be honest, because they haven't been abundantly clear about what it is they plan to do. Uh, You know, there's not really been anything more than just whispers and rumors of changes that are on uh, incoming, I should say. And... Yeah, you know, I I just feel overall ambivalence about everything. I keep trying to feel some sort of attachment to the season, but I just can't. You know, it's not just the world events that are currently ongoing. Even before everything, you know, once the Jets kind of started to fall behind and Paul Maurice ended up resigning, you just kind of got the sense the season was lost. And I feel like the players have kind of sensed that too. You know, there's been more vocal frustration. The team itself has looked not great. The fans are are booing a little bit more frequently. So, yeah, the Jets, they're in a, a bit of a tough spot. And tomorrow they have to play uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, which if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, it's actually going to be this this evening instead. 
Um, <laughs> can't say I'm feeling great about that. They're talking about putting Hellebuck in for the second game, even though they said they have two goalies and we all know they only use one of them. Great strategy, I have to say. Great strategy. But, uh, you know, whatever at this point. I think I've just sort of thrown up my hands and said the Jets will do what the Jets will do. That's kind of my feeling. If you feel some kind of way about the Jets, let me know at HLivingLocal or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe you still find the energy to get upset about this team. I really don't feel anything about it these days. Uh, I would like to be upset about it. I'd like to be frustrated, but instead I'm just kind of like, I hope Vili Heinle collects like a hat trick of assists or something, because that's, you know, that's kind of the only thing I really look forward to. So yeah, tell me how you're feeling. Let me know. Maybe I'll talk about it on a future episode. Get a community pulse. I'll probably put out a poll on Twitter. Get a sense of how you're feeling. Uh, and maybe solicit your thoughts, uh, maybe even quote you in the upcoming episode, which I might do on Friday or next week. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll see how you're feeling. Uh, but for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey, hosted by Steel Rodon and Flip Livingston. They help to make you the expert of your fantasy league. You can find them on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, and it's always free to subscribe, so do so right now. Thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!